I put up here, uh, you know, close more clients and grow your agency because I know that's what you guys that are following Tuan and Rory are looking for is the ability to build your business. But no matter what business you're in, you can use this strategy to grow your business. And so I'm going to tell you, this is going to be wicked, wicked cool, and it's going to shortcut your success. And Rory, I don't, I, Tuan, you and I didn't talk in depth about um, my exposure to Jay Abraham years ago, 20-something years ago. But Rory has been on a path of, I know, consuming Jay's stuff. And I'm a big fan of it. So this is one thing that many, many years ago I learned from one of my mentors before I ever knew Jay existed. But then when, when I was exposed to Jay's stuff and learned what he calls a host beneficiary or a host parasite relationship, essentially a strategic alliance, something that is piggybacking off of the success of another, this is that three-step strategy. Once you learn this, once you harness this in your business and you execute on this in your business, I guarantee you, you're going to never, ever, ever be the same again. I have one of my greatest favorite quotes says, once the mind is expanded to the dimension of new thought, it never retracts to its original size or shape. One more time. Once the mind of a man or woman is expanded to the dimension of new thought, it never goes back to what it was before. So after you're exposed to this today, after you see this webcast or this recording, I guarantee you, you'll never ever be the same again. You won't be able to think about business or business growth in the same way that you did in the past. So number one, it's a three-step process that's going to shortcut your success. Number one is I want you to identify complementary non-competitive businesses that are in your vertical. What does that mean? It means that there are businesses out there that don't do exactly what you do but they already sell to the same target customers that you want to sell to. They have the respect of those people. They have access to those people. They have um, built on layers of trust. I often say that people buy in layers and they learn in layers. And the reason that happens is because you know, people have talked about you have to be exposed to a marketing message or an advertising message seven times. There's different people have different metrics or different numbers, but up to seven times or 12 times before you actually are willing to make the purchase. Why is that true? It's because when we first are exposed to a new idea, a new concept, a new solution, we don't trust it. It, it resonates with us. We think it kind of makes sense but we don't trust it yet. We may not trust the solution provider. We may not trust the idea. In our case, for example, Harbor City, we've created what we call secured bonds, which allowed us to, I'm a big believer in like creating irresistible offers, for example. And we created a bond product that the principle of that investment, meaning the money they put into the investment, is secured and cash backed meaning they can't lose their principal because they could go and make a claim, almost like an insurance policy against failure in an investment. Well, we redefined how risk-reward works in investing, and we have a lot of people that go, that sounds too good to be true, until they see the document from Deutsche Bank that says there's money in a bank blocked, so you have to prove it to people, right? But the first time they're exposed to a new idea, in your case, to what your agency can do, for their business, they go, hmm, that sounds kind of cool, but you know, I'm getting phone calls every single day from people saying that they can do the exact same thing you're telling me you can do, and they're lead generation companies, and there's home advisor coming, and there's this, and there's that, and there's that. 
you're competing against all of that. And so how do you separate yourself from that pack and how do you differentiate and how do you gain a competitive edge? Well, first step is to identify the other businesses that are in your market who sell to and service the same prospects or customers that you want to sell to, but who don't offer a competing service. A question you can ask yourself is, who already sells to the people that I want to sell to and has their respect and access to that audience? Who already sells to the people I want to sell to and already has the respect and access. When I mean respect, it means trust and bonding. They've already been doing business with them for years. So I'm going to give you a very quick example of a company I did this with, and I've done this many, many years, and, and I really owe a lot to my mentor, Joe, and to Jay Abraham for teaching me this strategy years ago because it became a tool in my arsenal, in my toolbox that I've used over and over and over again. So I took on a client many, many years ago that was in the shredding business. They shredded paper, sensitive documents, x-rays, hard drives. They had these big trucks roll in, park next to your building. They bring out stuff in bins and shred it. Or they have a, a sort of like a secured trash can box thing on your property. And your people throw secure documents in it throughout the week. And they come by, pick it up, shred it, put it back. So it takes care of that risk factor of exposing sensitive data to other people. So this guy had been very successful in um, the floor covering business, furniture installation business. He'd been around the commercial industry serving business for many years. And he had started this company. He had bought some trucks and was going out there and trying to start this service. He had been successful in getting some accounts. And we were working on another project unrelated to that whenever I found out about his shredding business we got to talking about it and I said look I think I have a good idea of how we could grow this business very very quickly so I sat down to him and explained this same strategy that I'm going to give you and I'm going to open up the idea and the story to you and as I teach you this I'm going to use this as a model an example for using this strategy but what we did was, the results, the outcome was we tripled the size of his business in 90 days. 300% growth in his business in 90 days. Now, in the internet space, we're used to accelerated growth strategies, right? We go out, run some ads, put a bunch of people in a funnel, very, very quickly grow a business. In the traditional business world, I know guys that if they could grow 10, 15, 20% a year, they would feel like they had you know, manna from heaven coming down. What we did was we executed this strategy and I said to him, I said, I want you to sit down and make a list of everyone you know who is complimentary but non-competitive to your shredding business, meaning you're not going to approach other shredders, right? That doesn't make sense. But who else sells to your customer? Now, that brings you to an interesting dilemma that you have to have completely dialed in who your target customer is, right? So you have to know exactly who it is that you're selling to before you can execute on this strategy. So if you're an agency owner or a business owner of any other kind, the first thing you need to have done, and if you haven't, you need to do it now when we're done with this, with this little podcast workshop, is sit down and say, who is it that I 
am really trying to sell to? Who is my ideal target? Some people call it an avatar. And we've got a worksheet. In fact, if y'all don't have one, um, I can hook your guys up. We can give them a download link to be able to download an avatar worksheet that we use in our companies. So, but how do you identify who that target customer is? Once you've done that, then you can say, well, who else sells to them? So in his case, he said, well, it's business owners, primarily business owners in these certain verticals who, for example, have x-rays, sensitive data, law firms, for example, financial and accounting firms, anybody that would want to make sure that no one gets a hold of the paperwork or the hard drives or the x-rays or film or anything that they've been producing in their business. So that was his target. Then he said, well, who else sells to those? And I had him make a huge list of all the other businesses that already sell to those people. Then I had him go down that list and identify who he already knows and had a relationship with that he could approach about putting together one of these leveraged marketing campaigns with, these strategic alliances that we're going to talk about here. So once you've identified who those people are, he said, well... I found one that does commercial uh, furniture installation, another one that does carpet cleaning, and uh, one that puts out bottled waters uh, in the the big bottles of water in companies, the machines, you know. And he had a whole list of people that he was a member of, like the local Kiwanis or Rotary with, or that he went to church with. And I prompted him through all this process. Who do you go to church with? Who do you know? Who are your cousins and uncles that run businesses? Like, do any of them fit these categories that are complementary but non-competitive to your business? So he made the list, identified the people on the list. Then I gave him an approach. The approach that I gave him is what I'm going to share with you right now. And that is, you're going to approach them, step number two, with a plan for a strategic alliance. Now, if you don't know what to say, you're going to feel very uncomfortable with this process. But if you know what to say and you know how to do it in a very non-threatening way, This is such a natural part of life and doing business. So I'm going to give you guys a formula for approaching these people and putting a deal together with them. So the approach is what I call front-end contracting. Front-end contracting is three pieces. Learn more about you, let you learn more about me, and then see where we have synergy. So I'm going to use Rory as an example. Rory, I come to you and I've already identified that you sell to the people that I want to sell to. We both have a common target customer. You already have a list of people that know, like, and trust you that you've been doing business with who trust your service, who trust your ethics, who trust your willingness to go the extra mile. You've done all of that layers, right, of putting on, stacking on layers of trust and bonding. And you and I happen to know each other. We met at an industry conference or we've known each other from church or we've known each other from some sort of a business group that we're attending at the same time. And I I pick up the phone and I call you and here's my three-step model. I say, hey, Rory, I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about your business. And I think that there's probably a lot of potential between our businesses to help each other grow our businesses. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for you and I to sit down over coffee next week. Uh, We'll work out a day and a time. I want to learn more about you, your business, what you do, how you do it, who you serve, how you're selling to those people. Then I want to share a little bit more about our company, what we do, let you learn about how we serve people, how we're growing, why we're growing, what we're doing, how we're approaching the market. And then, step number three, see where we might have some synergy 
where we could help each other grow our businesses. Fair enough? Who's going to turn that down? You already have a relationship with Rory, right? Because you've met, et cetera. So you're not like you're cold calling out of the phone book to try to find people, although you could do that. But you're approaching people. You already have some level of relationship. Say, hey, I want to learn more about you. I want to share some about what we're doing and see where we might have an opportunity. I'm not being presumptuous. I'm not being uh, putting any pressure. I'm not assuming anything. I'm not saying anything in advance. It just, I think there's some potential here. And if you want to grow your business and I want to grow your business, it makes sense for us to sit down over a cup of coffee or if you're not in the same town, sit down over a Zoom webcast or something and talk about how we might benefit or help each other. Um, you guys think you could do that? Rory, to it, y'all think y'all could make that kind of a phone call to somebody? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's I think anybody, they already have connections at some level. Maybe they haven't thought about it that way, but people have connections. You have it. You're right. And the moment you sit down and you inventory those contacts, you realize how much value is sitting idle in your Rolodex. What I call, I'm old, so it's called a Rolodex. Today we call it a database or a CRM. But back in the day, we had a thing that you flipped these little cards on some rails. They called it a Rolodex. But anyway, step number three in this process. So you've approached these people, you've gotten a meeting with them, and as you sit down with them, you put together a plan for how you could do a cross-promotion with them and how it makes sense. This is, by the way, guys, an entire course. I, I taught it in the past to guys. We could teach it, but I want to give you the framework. We had like 30 minutes together today. So step number three, execute a leveraged client acquisition campaign with them. What does that mean? It means an opportunity to introduce your business to their clients who already know, like, and trust them. And that can come in a lot of ways. Number one, it could be an event. It could be um, where if you're in a local market, maybe you host an after hours, you buy some hors d'oeuvres, or one of my friends called hordy whores, um, but you buy some hors d'oeuvres and you invite everybody to come and your VIP client, their VIP clients come and you do a little information thing or you just meet them and talk to them. Maybe you do a little luncheon, a little round table at a breakfast or a luncheon about business growth. And maybe in, you do something super informal at that round table and share with each of those business owners how they could grow their business. And then ultimately, that obviously could lead to a potentially an agency relationship. Could be a seminar. You actually physically go and do a seminar. I did a seminar years ago closed $110,000 in consulting business in 40 minutes, 45 minutes, from a little seminar with like 30 people in the seminar. And, and I, there were like husband and wife teams and business partner teams. I think there were like 12 buying units in the room. Closed over six figures in one little free seminar I gave away called Five Ways to Double or Triple Your Business. That's all it was. But the key to that was I had a strategic alliance partner who was complimentary, non-competitive, who had a list of business owners that met the criteria I was trying to sell to, and he promoted that to his list. He, this is back in the days of fax. He faxed it out to his list, and people signed up for this little webinar or a seminar in person, physically. And all I did was I got up and I gave value. And what I did, you guys could use this model, I... 
taught for about 40, 45 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. At the end, I did a hot seat with a couple of people in the room, and a hot seat is basically letting them sit there and you break down their business and, and specifically apply what you've just been talking about to one specific business uh, right in front of people. So it's like a consult right in front of other people. And then at the end, I said, hey, guys, you like this? You like this idea? Would you like to be able to do the same thing? Fill out a form, and let's talk about doing business. And I closed $110,000 in new consulting clients from a 45-minute speech. It works. So you could do the same thing, too. Um, a webinar, a virtual version of that. A mailing, and I'm going to talk about that with this client that we mentioned, this model that we talked about. And you could also do a collaboration. I kind of think of, now, there's nobody on here today that I'm like trying to target you. I did this as a favor to Rory and Tuan to come and just share some knowledge. And obviously, Jesse's here. We're capturing some content. But if I were trying to recruit agency clients, I could have used this collaboration appearing together on some sort of a podcast or a video recording or something. I consider those collaborations. Um, they're very easy to do. You put together a few slides. You teach their people some stuff that they need to teach. And if their people like it, maybe they want to come to you and learn how to get access to your stuff. So that's anybody can do this. This is something you can start doing immediately. So let me talk about for just a second what this looked like with my particular client. So he made that big list. He identified the people on his list that fit that criteria that he had a personal relationship with. He booked the coffee meetings with them, breakfast meetings with them, went out and met with them, got them to agree. Now, what I did for him was I built the whole campaign. I wrote the letter of endorsement or introduction. I created a little gift certificate that gave, gave away a first month free of shredding services. And I gave him kind of a, a framework for how this should work and told him what to say to them. So what he offered to these people was, he said, I will um, pay for the mailing, pay for the printing and pay for the mailing. I will be glad to give you money for each person that comes on board and becomes a customer ultimately if you want money. Or, and this was my suggestion to him, because some people feel a little weird about getting referral fees and stuff like that. They don't think that it feels, it feels weird to them, you know, about taking money for sending someone to a customer to somebody. And I said, give them an out and say, if they don't want the referral fees, that whatever money is generated, that you'll make a donation in their name to whatever their favorite cause is. And that gave people, got, like, let them off the hook of feeling like it was weird or unethical or, or strange. So... He went out, he made the approach, he got the relationships. We ended up with three relationships. One was that furniture and commercial furniture installation company, commercial carpet cleaning company, and the bottled water company. Now he approached several people, but it, the close ratio was high. It was like maybe approached five, six, seven, ten people. He got three people locked down, willing to do it. The furniture installation and the carpet cleaning company both mailed their list. He paid for the postage, he paid for the letter, the printing. The letter basically was, hey, it was, it was a setup. It was copy, right? The setup was, hey, we're in a time where data is, in, is sensitive, it's important, you don't want to expose your customer data, et cetera. The best way to take care of that is to make sure that you're shredding that data. I've been working with a company that does an exceptional job. Here's why they're amazing and wonderful and trustworthy and dependable. And I have, me, on your behalf as a gift to you, negotiated a first month of free shredding 
to give to you, and there's a gift certificate enclosed with this letter. And so that the gift certificate, number one, is it placed some value. I hate coupons. I mentioned this to Rory and Tua the other day. I hate the term coupon because that devalues a service, right? 10% off, 20% off. It's also an elusive number. People don't know what that means. They have to do math, right? But if you can give a specific $100 gift certificate or a gift certificate for a specific, a massage, for example, a haircut, a first mow, a free month of, of services, etc. that's tangible, a free consult, or whatever. So you have to establish a value exchange with that gift certificate. <coughs> Excuse me. So we gave them the gift certificate. The bottled water company didn't want to mail their list because they were already mailing their list statements every month. So what they did is they had him give them two sets of the letters and the, and the gift certificates that was, let's say they were mailing out 600 statements a month. They had him give them 1,200 of these letters and gift certificates, and they inserted it in with their statements that went out to all of their customers for two months in a row. What was the result I told you earlier? In 90 days, three months, we tripled the size of his business. 300% growth in his accounts, paid accounts in his business. Uh, he was written up in the paper. There were all kinds of things that came from this. This model works, guys, and it's a three-step process. Who sells to the people you want to sell to that, doesn't, that don't compete with you? Approach them and put together a strategic alliance and then execute on that with some sort of a tangible promotion that has a finite call to action. So call us and get this first free month shred. Call us and get this access to this tool for a month. Call us and we'll do an SEO analysis on your business. Call us and whatever it is. Now, the bigger value you can provide up front, the better. Meaning, what, what do you lose? by providing people exceptional value and giving them results in advance of them giving you money. You want to think about that. So I'm a big, big proponent of what I call an irresistible offer. And that means you need to think about what could I put down that my client, my prospective clients would want so bad that when they're exposed to this letter, this endorsement, this opportunity, that they would be willing to exchange money, uh, exchange their information for that free sample to try the service or whatever that, that free thing is. Make sense? Uh, Tuan, you were trying to say something? Yes. Do we add a sense of urgency? I mean, like uh, the coupon or something that expires in 10 days or, or we just, I mean... Yes, yes. So you want to put a dead... Good point. So you want to put a deadline on this. You want to... Anyone who responds by this date, and you can also put a scarcity on it. So in, in, in certain businesses, there are very real. So you don't want manufactured artificial scarcity, right? People will see through that real, real fast. So you want authentic scarcity and urgency, meaning we can only take five new clients that we're not charging for a month or 10 clients. So you could even put that in your letter. You could say, hey, there's a limit to the number of, of these free months things or whatever that Bob's services can provide. 
And so call him right away to be able to get your name in the hat and on the list. And if you were on the receiving end of that and you wanted to throttle that, you could literally say, okay, I'm going to put you in month one, uh, you know, you, the first four or five or 10 in month one, and anybody else that comes in goes in month two and then month three and then month four. You could stack it out if you wanted to. I have a concept that uh, I've, I've wanted to do this. Number one, restaurant businesses, I don't have a lot of access to restaurant owners, but I wanted to, to buy a restaurant or to go in and partner with somebody and do this because I think I, I think I can pack out a restaurant and keep it packed out with this type of a strategy. But one of the things I've thought through in my head for many, many years about this was that what I would do in that particular case is I would say, we can only accept so many reservations on this, we'll buy your first meal for you on Tuesday nights. We can only accept five people every Tuesday. So we have a list with five blanks on it and we put those names on and then we do the next Tuesday and the next Tuesday and the next Tuesday and, and you can build a business like that. That could work in any business, but you're right. You want a deadline that creates urgency and if possible, you want limited um, numbers or quantities so that you create scarcity. Good, good point and good question. Um, which brings me to what I'm going to do next because we got to get out of here is um, any questions. And so I don't know if I'm not sure y'all system, you're doing this Facebook Live maybe or something. So if you've got anybody asking questions in text or if y'all have questions, you'll let me clarify anything. Otherwise, we can finish up. Somebody sent me um, over here. Let me put my eyes on. Um, so when you're looking for those strategic alliances in the beginning, I guess in step one, you're looking for joint ventures or whatever. Where do you find those companies? What works best? Online, face-to-face? -face? Is there certain websites you go to? Something like that. Uh, well, I don't know if you read Acres of Diamonds or not. It's an old thing. People, in fact, I've got a PDF I give away free of this with the Acres of Diamonds by Russell Conwell. But the, 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 the principle behind that Acres of Diamonds is that it's in your own backyard. And in most cases, these contacts are in your own backyard. I would first go to your LinkedIn and your Facebook and any other contact list that you have where you already have relationships with people that you've done business with or that you've attended conferences with or you've networked with, go to your Facebook Messenger. Who have I messaged with over the last six months? And put your filter in, right? Of these people, do any of them currently sell to the people that I want to sell to? I think you're much better off going in warm on this kind of a strategy than you are going in cold. You could go in cold. So if you wanted to go in cold, you would sit down and you would make that hit list of all the businesses that sell to the people that you want to sell to. And I would find some affinity. I'd call them up and I'd say, hey, Bob, you and I are in the Melbourne area, right? So I would, I would find some point of connection with them. <clears throat> We're both in um, Tuan and Rory's Facebook group. You know what I mean? So I would find some connection that I could open with and say, I, I, we're both in, in Roy and Tuan's Facebook group, or we're both in the Melbourne area. I went out and looked at your LinkedIn. I looked at your website. It's obvious to me that we sell to a lot of the same people. I know for a fact some of my people would benefit from your services. I bet there's some of your people that would benefit from my services. Here's what I'd like to suggest. Boom, 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 right? So if you were going in cold, find some form of affinity between you and them. Well, that's good, man. That's good. That, that definitely should answer the question. I have another one here. Actually, this one, it's um, 
when we're talking about the gift certificates, I have a someone I work with that that I mean they deal with really really high end clients and they keep you know he keeps telling me like gift certificates aren't going to work, you know like I need something else to be able to entice people besides like they're not really like. I mean, everyone, nobody minds saving money, but, it, you know, you can't offer them a $300 certificate when it's a half a million dollar project or a million dollar project. Yeah, so you can, you can create lead magnets as well. So um, we're, we're all familiar with, so if you have a, let me give you an example. My preference is to let people sample the service. That's the best because it's results in advance. Now, um, sometimes they, you can't do that. Your product, like I can't give somebody our bonds <laughs> and they start making money off the bonds and then they can invest their money later, right? So that's not possible. So you have to look at a customer journey from where they are today to where they want to be, the result, and see if there's something in that process that you can provide to them that gets them closer to where they want to be and you can package that in the form of a lead magnet. So it could be a cheat sheet or an education piece or something else that moves them down the path. And you know, many of us have done strategic alliances and joint ventures where we did like this, a, a webinar or a video conference, and we gave a lot of value. And like today, I would be willing to bet, I'm not offering any services, so let me, I'm gonna make something up. Let's say that I sold um, sales training for agency owners to teach them in the trenches sales techniques to close more clients, right? And, and I was trying to, to, to do that. I could very easily offer at the end a first month in a mastermind or a coaching program or in some sort of a, a limited, you know, smaller group, but expose them to my knowledge and my ability. I could offer them a first free consult strategy call. I was doing these back in, you know, 2003, 4, 5, 6 before everybody started doing strategy calls. So I know a lot of people do strategy calls now as a way to close. And if it's a thinly veiled sales pitch and not really delivering value, again, people will see through that very, very quickly. But I, in the past, when I offered consulting and coaching, I charged $1,000 an hour for consulting and coaching. And I mean, this is not like a number I made up. I can show people PayPal and merchant accounts where we had those transactions where I charged people for that. And what I did, though, is when I gave a strategy call, a free consult, I gave, and I told people up front, I gave as much value on that free strategy call as if they had paid me $1,000. I held nothing back. And here's why. I believe if you can tell everything you know to somebody in one hour, you don't know very much. And so why are you worried about giving away too much? Give everything you can on the upfront to people and they'll be attracted to you. Don't hold anything back. I've Facebook messaged people before and said, hey, you got a broken link on your website. And by the way, if you'd like to learn how to da-da-da, let's get on a call. This is years ago. And they'd get on a call with me and I would just open up the pipes. I'm like, you need to do this and do this and you could do this and do this. And they're like, dude, could we get you to help us do this? You know, so it's a, people want to give back. Reciprocity is an extremely powerful engine for growth and for relationships and for selling. I believe this. You can write this down. The more you give, the more you get. 
But you got to give, give, give before you get, get, get. That's law. You can't circumvent that. And so when you're thinking about, oh, I can't give away my product, that is true in, in some cases. My bonds are an example. There's some products you just can't give somebody a car. Now, you could let them test drive the car, and there's some aspects of that, but you can't give them the car. As, as the, so what could you do? You have to think about that. What are some of the things that you could do to expose people to your services in advance? I can give you an example uh, with a jewelry store, for, for example. They wanted to sell more jewelry products, but they also had a service department. So we created a gift certificate that gave away $25 in free jewelry service and repairs. People could come in and, and use it to get stuff fixed, an old watch that they've had in their drawer forever, and they could bring it in. And what I knew was my client's markup was about 3x on service. So a $25 gift certificate cost him eight bucks, $8.25 or whatever. So to, to acquire a client for $8 and something, in what world does that not look good, right? So you have to understand your business model and your client acquisition cost and what the lifetime value of a client is. But what happened was is they had people come in the store, get service, and then while they're getting service, they're looking around in the, the cases and they end up buying something or they get on his list and now he's marketing to them and they buy stuff over time because we had already established what the lifetime value of a client was. So you just have to think creatively. Sometimes you can't give the product or service. Uh, years ago, I visited the uh, Coca-Cola factory in Atlanta, Georgia. And I went through the, on the tour, and at the end, in the little gift store, I bought the DVD. This is back in the days when we put movies on disc. <laughs> but um, I bought the DVD documentary of the story of Coca-Cola. And I watched it many, many, many times. Now, I'm not watching it for entertainment. I'm a business guy, so I'm like, what can I learn here? And one of the things that was interesting, so Doc Pemberton started um, Coca-Cola Company, but he, he didn't make a success of it. It was Asa Candler who bought the company from Doc Pemberton and ultimately built that company into a success. What Asa Candler did to grow Coca-Cola in the early days is he created little certificates for a first-time free Coca-Cola. And he gave it to traveling salesmen who went all throughout the United States giving away. You remember that song, I'd Love to Buy the World a Coke? Asa Candler bought everybody their first Coke. Have a Coke on me. Why? Because he knew if they liked the product, they'd be back again. The more that you can think about your business in terms of that to give away access, results in advance, something that will move them down the path that will allow you to demonstrate your capability and your reliability and, and your performance, the better off you are. So the, I look at it as trying to make it an irresistible offer so that it's the lowest barrier possible for that person to jump over and become a, a prospective client for your business. That's good, man. You know, like over here, our group, you know, a lot of these guys are building agencies. So if you're sharing, if you have the client online and you're sharing them the exact strategies that you're using, you know, you're not going to be, don't be scared that they're just going to get up and start doing what you're doing. One, they're probably really busy anyway. So you're just sharing your knowledge and they're going to say, hey, that's good, man. Can you do it for me because I don't have time? Or two, they're going to realize it, it's it's a lot more skill and you have to you have to have a lot more experience in actually doing, you know, like, oh, yeah, I can place a Facebook ad. It's like, yeah, but Tuhin's been doing this for years. Like, he's really good at it. So going with our service got kind of, they realize that it's not it's not as easy as we, as we make it sound sometimes, you know. So 
yeah, don't be scared to give out that information. Remember this. Here's something you can write down. Write down this quote. Service to humanity is man's greatest work in life. We get back in direct proportion to what we give out to other people. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. The more you give, it just keeps, you'll never outgive the universe, I promise you. There are so many businesses out there, and to the point that you made just now, Rory, most people don't want to do it. Dan Kennedy, if any of you that followed, he's old school, he passed away last year, but he was a very old school marketer, created a program called Magnetic Marketing, and wrote many books, these no bull books and all that. But Dan Kennedy was a master direct response marketer. And one of the things that he talked about was that everybody says, teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime, right? You know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach him to fish and you'll, he'll eat for a lifetime. But the fact is, Dan said, the fact is, is nobody wants to know how to fish. They want a plate with a nice filet with the rice pilaf and the asparagus on the plate and a roll and a glass of sweet tea. They don't want to freaking fish. They got other crap to do with their day. They're trying to build their business, not learn how to run ads or, or generate clients online or whatever. So go out there and teach them the model and they're going to come back to you. Another old school guy, Gary Halbert, direct response copywriter, was a master, also is dead now. But Gary Halbert, um, talked about his very first copywriting seminar that he ever did many, many years ago. He charged $7,000 for people to come. And that was in a time when $7,000, it's still a decent amount of money, but it was a lot of money back then. $7,000 to come learn how to write copy from Gary Howard. Packed the room out, taught them for, I think it was three days or four days that he taught them copy, 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 copy. These were all business owners and people that wanted to learn how to write copy so they could better market their companies. They all got on the plane and went home. Two weeks later, they all called Gary and said, could you please write our copy? Why? He had become the authority in their minds and they didn't want to do the work. So they just gave it back to him. And it's the same thing in the agency business. The more you teach, the more you give, the more you can parade your expertise out in front of people and provide value in advance, the more the business will come back to you. Uh, I just want to let people know, we had two, two listeners that posted questions. Um, one says, um, question, can a webinar or Zoom call be a good tool to start creating my courses? Oh, 100%. Okay, so I can speak for, I have over 50 info products that I've created over the years. Many, many, many of those products were created by building an outline, a set of slides like we did today, teaching it live, and then it became the course. So yeah, there's your answer. Um, that's a great way to create a course. Next question. Richard says, is there any free app or website that gives an email sequencer for email marketing that registered to my opt-in? I guess like a MailChimp or something, right? Yeah, ActiveCampaign is what we use. I know you're a big fan of ActiveCampaign because it not only mails, but it's got so much automation capabilities with it, the ability to let the technology do the heavy lifting for you on, on all this. Um, but yeah, I mean, any of, most any of those will work and you, most of them either have an API that you can tie into your app or software. And if they don't, most of them will connect to Zapier, which will then connect to most apps and things out there. So thank you, JP. Appreciate you. Man. You guys have a great Memorial weekend. I'll see you. Take care.